Positive Global Impact, the podcast that encourages you to pursue your dreams and transform not only your life, but also the planet. Hello, Changemaker, happy Monday, and welcome back to this new week's episode. I hope you're feeling great. Even here in Germany, I'm still in Germany, and the weather is quite sunny, and spring is slowly um, heating up its temperatures. So, yeah, I enjoy a lot of time outside working in the garden or going for walks and so on. And I hope you are able to do the same. Um, I'm back this week with, <laughs> I know I say it at the beginning of almost every episode, but it really is a special episode today because it's the first episode that was requested by you guys. Um, I got some messages on Instagram from um, people that are listening to the podcast and also that noticed that there is this new documentary on the market, if you want to say it like that, <laughs> Seaspiracy. Um, maybe you've already heard about it. And this will be the topic from today because they asked me and wanted to let um, them know what I think about it and so on and so forth. And as I, uh, well, first of all, the documentary fits perfectly to our topic in the podcast. And um, since I knew it's going to be published, I think it was published back in March. Um, and yeah, it was on my list, definitely. But as I was traveling to Germany, I was not able to see it until like three days ago, I think. Um, and I've seen it now. And while I was watching it, I knew I had to do the episode about it. <laughs> so here I am. Uh, today we're talking about Seaspiracy. And um, yeah, I want to start, first of all, with a few facts. Actually, maybe some facts you already might know because we've already talked about it before in the podcast or on Instagram. But I'm pretty sure that there are also new ones for you. Um, because there were some new ones for me too. And I want to share with you the things that I found most shocking and that definitely as much people as possible need to know. Yeah. Also, I can really not express enough how highly I do recommend you watching it. No matter if you're now listening to this podcast episode, um, I'm telling you some facts, but still it's of course something different if you meanwhile uh, see the imagery, images and all of that of um, the wildlife or the marine animals. And what's good about this, actually it's available for everyone, no matter if you have a, it's on Netflix, but it, no matter if you have a Netflix account or not, if you don't have one, you can even get one. And you would be able to watch Netflix for free for one month. And you just have to do one click to, um, yeah, end this month without being forced to pay afterwards. But it's really easy. And I really hope you will watch it. But for the case you won't or for whatever reasons that you tell yourself that you won't. Um, I decided, as I said before, to start with a few facts to get you into the topic and to give you kind of a yeah summary. Actually, um, yesterday was the world's 
Earth Day. So I feel like this episode also quite fits well to that kind of topic. And we're going to start with um, me telling you that the ocean is home to more than 80% of all life on Earth, with the vast majority of our seas still being unexplored until today. I think I've, they didn't say it in the documentary, but um, in other documentaries or articles I read, they always say about uh, 90 to 95, 95% of the ocean is still unexplored. Also for me, it's hard to imagine. So yeah, basically the documentary starts and is about this guy who... Um, is also ocean lover and very interested in everything that has to do with conservation and um, environment. And he starts finding out that more and more whales and dolphins are found dead, washed onto beaches with their stomachs filled with plastic while he's watching news or reading different articles about it. And... Actually, that's a devastating fact because um, not only because of their incredible intelligence, but also because dolphins and whales, um, along with other animals, but they help keep the entire ocean alive because if those animals return to the surface to breathe, they fertilize tiny marine plants in the ocean called phytoplankton, which every year absorbs four times the amount of carbon dioxide that normally we always talk about the Amazon as the lungs of the earth, but in fact, it's actually the oceans um, because it, it generates up to 85% of the oxygen that we breathe. So yeah, in a world concerned with carbon and climate change, protecting those animals means actually protecting the entire planet and um If I've learned one thing from the documentary from Seaspiracy, it's definitely that when dolphins and whales die, the ocean dies. And if the ocean dies, so do we. Um, yeah, there's not much more to say about that. I think uh, it's pretty clear. Um, and well, while he's like looking for more reasons why more uh, why more dolphins and whales are found dead. Um, the documentary is like addressing the plastic pollution and the microplastic problem. So um, I'm pretty sure you know that there is ocean plastic in every corner of this planet and that there are huge floating garbage patches accumulating in the middle of the ocean. For example, the most known um, is probably the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which uh, stretches about 1.6 million square kilometers, um, which is just incredible. And actually, every day there is an equi equivalent of one garbage truckload of plastic dumped into the sea every single minute. So... While I knew that there is more or less one garbage load um, of plastic dumped into the ocean every minute, I did not know the number that 150 million tons are already floating there. And they showed some pictures like no matter if it was on the surface or beneath, everything was full of plastic. So basically um, it's like a plastic 
toxic soup, the oceans, at least in some parts. Yeah, and then what I also always talk about with you, especially on Instagram, is that those the problem with the plastic is that it breaks down from time to time or also by like the salt of the ocean water. Um, and it breaks down into smaller pieces, which is then known as microplastics. And they said that the, uh, the particles of microplastics in the ocean by now outnumbers the stars in the Milky Way galaxy by at least 500 times, um, which is a number that I do have problems to imagine it. But yeah, I think it makes it even clearer how um, crucial it is that we that we take action and that we start getting the trash out of the ocean and um, more than that, preventing it from getting in there. Yeah, I just looked up his name and his name is Ali Tabrizi and he's a British filmmaker. And um, well, after having addressed this plastic problem, he then starts like, filming himself collecting um, plastic on beaches or everywhere he goes and um, having full bags after a short amount of time just as we always do in Costa Rica but then he asks himself basically if this is the best way to save the marine animals and he starts finding out like more information and hits news of commercial whale hunting in Japan which um, neither he nor probably most of you were conscious about that hunting those marine animals was on top of the plastic problem and everything else that we already already provide to those animals or the planet is really a huge um, problem to those speci species um, which are already so incredibly affected by the plastic pollution. So... He decides to travel to Japan and to film the dolphin hunting, hunting, um, and has actually problems with the police because um, he travels to Taiji with his wife, I think, and the, this part of Japan because they know that it's um, yeah illegal. Everywhere is police following them and wanting to see like his passport and patrolling in front of the hotel and so on and so forth. Of course, they don't know that he's a filmmaker. But yeah, at the end, he manages to get some very, very crucial scenes. Um, even though what I have to say, I think that they did a great job with the with the filmmaking because like they catch the crucial scenes but like they pointed them out but it's not like you you are able to watch it like I'm very sensitive and I mean I thought or I was pretty sure about that there will be scenes that will be hard to watch for me but still I think it was okay like yeah anyway um, what happens there is that dolphins are hunted because catching young dolphins in whales um, means that most of them will be sold to marine parks because a trained dolphin supposedly is worth over a hundred thousand US dollars. But of course, I mean, as you can imagine, that life in concrete tanks for those very, very intelligent species 
swimming thousands of miles normally um, those tanks take away everything that makes life worth living for them what they were wondering about is that i mean they are dolphin hunting there but not every dolphin is like taken out of the water and brought to those marine parks so they were looking for more information and found out that for example in between 2000 and 2015 for every dolphin captured um 12 dolphins were killed and they started like thinking about why what people kill dolphins everyone loves dolphins and talk to um, local people at the end it turns out that the local fishermen think that dolphins are a danger to them in the sense of competition to the local fishery and basically killing dolphins for them means kind of pest control now Essentially, what that means is that the slaughter of these dolphins is a reaction to the human-made overfishing in Taiji or anywhere else in the world, only that those dolphins or whales are made responsible for basically our human actions, which is beyond... Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, but sometimes missing <laughs> words in order to express like how cruel that is and how dumb and how illogic and all of that and it's just it's just horrible to imagine either a dolphin being killed there because of supposedly human and um, because of supposedly they are like a threat to those humans living there or also of the lives that those dolphins kind of will also lose when they are taking when they are being taken to those marine parks what i love about the documentary which i'm going to tell you later also is that i think they made it pretty clear for everyone how everything is connected so that's why all those topics like before we were talking about um the effects that whales and dolphins have on the ocean. Then we are talking about the plastic pollution. Now from there on we are talking about um, overfishing and so on and so forth. So everything is connected, which in fact is like that. But sometimes you might only see, okay, fishing. What is the effect if I buy or order fish in a restaurant? Maybe the fish dies on your plate, but it's not just that. And that is what I'm trying to to explain to you and which also the, the documentary makes pretty clear. After visiting, kind of visiting, the dolphin slaughter in Taiji, they are trying to find out more about the overfishing and local fishing port. And they see tons and tons and tons of Pacific bluefin tuna, which is um, a 42 billion US dollars a year industry, meaning that by now less than only 3% of the species that has once existed remains. Um, and it's not only like tuna, they also find, um, like they find halls and industries full of this, those fishes there um, from the fish, fishing vessels that come back from, from the sea. And they also find sharks and they wonder um, why the people there are slicing off the fins of the sharks. 
And basically the shark fin shark finning industry is also a multi-million dollar industry. And sharks around the world are being killed for their fins because most of them are shipped to Asia and especially China where they are being sold in shark fin soup. And what I didn't know is that shark, I know that are eating shark fin soup, but shark fin soup supposedly is a status symbol, which can actually often cost up to or over a hundred US dollar a bowl. It was not the first time that I heard about like the shark finning industry, but the first time I, I saw something about it, which actually on in this point here is a huge also a huge recommendation to watch Shark Water Extinction by Rob Stewart. Um, and the first time I was seeing like those images, it's just cruel, you know, they take the either they take the whole sharks of course out of the ocean or they like kind of fish the sharks, cut off their fins right on sea and throw back in those innocent sharks which of course are going to die and drown and um, without being able to swim and i was like my first i know probably it's not okay politically but my first reaction was like wow oh, those like asian people what are they doing to those marine animals or to the planet um, but then learning that actually Europe is one of the biggest exporters of sharks. So everyone who's from Europe right here, um, we are in the middle of the problem. So it's not those Asian people or those Chinese. It's all of us on the planet. We are one. We are one society and we need to do something against it. Yeah. And then we're talking, they were talking like about trying to find out the impact of the shark finning on the ocean. And just as, of course, every animal has a specific um, task, sharks keep the oceans healthy by basically keeping the fish stocks healthy and therefore the ecosystems, for example, coral reefs. And the sad fact is that we've already lost 80 to 99% of the sharks' populations. And at the end, <clears throat> no more sharks uh, means that the oceans are going to turn into swamp and we are going to die next because as we talked in the beginning the oceans are crucial for our life on earth or even the life on um, let's say the land so declining or extincting shark populations Uh, among others will mean that we are not going to be able to live on this planet um, and apart from like the, sh the sharks being extincted there is also shown a declining of populations of seabirds because they explained it that like the sharks bring up um, their their um, how do you say it not predators sharks are predators like Their, the animals that they are eating, the fish, like bigger animals, um, and like up to the surface and in general moving like the spot there. So all of the fishes move, move, move. And the seabirds don't really dive in deep into the water in order to fish their food, but use like those moments that um, sharks do when they bring up all the fish. 
and just fly into the water and pick out their tiny fish. But as sharks, shark populations are declining, also the, the seabirds are affected because they don't, they no longer find food so easily. So basically a loss of fish across the world's oceans is bringing us humans into direct competition with the whales and with the dolphins and the seabirds for prey. Praise the word that I was looking for before, <laughs> which um, is causing their populations to decline even further. And there was one guy who was explaining it like this, for example, sharks, like there are different levels of um, predators and prey. And for example, sharks are level one, eating sick and weak animals. And if we are deleting level one, the overpopulation of level two will increase, which means at the end that level three will not provide enough food for all of level two. So at the end, level two is going to die. And then like the whole system, the whole process carries on um, onto the whole food chain. And just like this shocking number again, like sharks may be killing 10 persons a year worldwide, even though... I've watched a couple of documentaries again and um, all of them say the same and they say that like sharks don't actively hunt humans but if there is an accident with humans it's because they um, thought it's it's prey like it's a seal or anything but anyways let's let's note that sharks are killing about 10 persons a year worldwide and humans are killing grab onto your chair or wherever you're sitting or standing 11,000 to 30,000 sharks per hour with half of those sharks being bycatched from the commercial fishing fleets and <clears throat> as I said before being thrown as waste back into the oceans with most of them dying even before they even touch the water again. So that means that per year we are killing about at least 50 million sharks. I mean, yeah, I can only shake my head and it's, it's dramatic. Guys, the situation we are in is, is a real problem, but well, that's why we are addressing it here, right? <laughs> As I've, I've said, bycatch now, um, they, they had this example, for example, of a small fishery, um, in Iceland, just to make clear how bad the problem, the problem with bycatch is. Um, for example, in Iceland, as it's like a smaller fishery, they are noting down more exact numbers because the big commercial industrial fisheries, they don't really care about the numbers, you know. Uh, I think in theory, there is a law like they have to report how much bycatch they do or they catch. But of course, they don't want to get problems and they don't care. So they don't write down the exact numbers. But for example, let's say this one month fishery in Iceland, note down that just as bycatch, right, in one month, they caught 269 harbor porpoises, which is a whale species, 269, plus 900 seals of four different species, plus 5,000 seabirds. 
in just one month and all of that are animals that are not hunted. I say it again, it's bycatch, which means um, that this is what happens if you throw the long lines or all of those this year, which is not specifically catching just one animal, but like nets, kilo, kilometers long nets um, that just cause that so many animals get stuck while passing by and so on and so forth. Actually, um, 46, as we've talked about plastic pollution before, um, they said that 46% of the plastic garbage in the oceans is uh, damaged or lost fishing material. So, I mean, we need to, we also need to worry about plastic toothbrushes, um, whatever, plastic cups, takeaway things and so on and so forth. But we, more than that, we need to worry about what's happening to our oceans due to the fishing impact. Um, and actually, every single day, as much fishing material like nets and long lines and so on and so forth is used that we would be tech uh, technically able to wrap around the earth 500 times every single day, which is mind-blowing, really. And maybe you have already noted noticed it if you are a conscious consumer um, eating, for example, fish or tuna or whatever. There on those um, cans, there are different labels. And for example, there's the blue MSC label, which supposedly um, only provides tuna that is catch dolphin friendly. And then there was a huge kind of episode talking about dolphin friendly fishery, which actually made clear that there are rules for commercial fishery, uh, fishing. But for the governments around the world, it's hard to like enforce them because there are about 4.5 million commercial fishing vessels. So, <clears throat> so you're not able to observe each of each and every one of those um, commercial fishing vessels while they are fishing. And they are kind of observers from different, um, yeah, from those different labels supposedly um, being paid in order to report like how's it going is it true that it's dolphin friendly fishery and so on but first of all um, they can be like paid maybe to keep their mouth shut for whatever is happening on sea and also um, actually those people are being sometimes killed and um being thrown into the ocean or just disappear and so on. So Sea Shepherd is, for example, an organization which is very, very popular. You might have heard about Sea Shepherd before. They are trying to enforce actually those rules for the commercial fishery and yeah, travel the oceans in order to make sure people are acting according to those rules but just a while ago Sea Shepherd found out that for example in on the Atlantic coast of France every year up to a, up to 10,000 dolphins are being killed as bycatch which actually is 10 times more than in Taiji 
And this might have happened for the last 30 years and no one ever noticed. And I mean, this is France. So, you know, we're talking right um, about the middle of Europe and the problem right there. So it's not a problem of Asia or not a problem of wherever in the world. It's, it's everywhere. There's not a part that is not affected, basically. So I hope that by now you might have noticed that eating fish actually means death to dolphins and means death to whales because it's just the greatest greatest threat to them and more or less about 300,000 of them are being killed every year in order to slowly come to an end um, I want to give you this number of 2.7 trillion fish per year which is the global fishing catch. And that means that per minute, up to 5 million marine animals are killed. And they made some calculations there showing that if we keep on doing what we are doing, if we are not managing to get moving somehow, the oceans will be empty of fish and animals by 2048 this is just 27 years from now um, which is nothing so yeah I urge you to really get informed more and to think about how you can make an impact because it's not enough if just me or someone does something about it this is a you can call it society or community challenge and we need to get move, moving all together. Um, the problem with this many marine animals are being killed is that all types of marine animals take up carbon through their like food and sequester it when they sink to the bottom of the ocean which is why the ocean is the big and carbon sink on the planet. And for example, marine plants take up to 20 times more carbon than the forests on land, um, which means that a total of 93% of all world's CO2 is stored in the ocean with the help of marine vegetations, algae and corals, for example. And this is why we will, or why we are already noticing this huge impact that this industrial fishing has apart from this let's say environmental effects that are caused by industrial fishing is that the same criminal groups involved in fishing industry is like the people that are also doing um, drug trafficking or human trafficking and other crimes and there's a, a part like from illegal fishery, meaning uh, fishery against established rules by government. There is really kind of plundering of important nutrition sources. For example, they've shown the example of the African coast where the people are dependent on local fishing because they, let's say, fish 10 fish a day and they keep two for their families and sell eight more and to have some money but as we're or the industries are 
Cushing empty all of the region there and everywhere there are no many no uh, more fish left for them which causes hunger of course first of all and then also the next problem occurs which is that they say okay we don't have fish but we need to have something to eat and we need something to have to hunt in order to sell it so they are hunting wild land animals which then is the major impact on human on the humans because of diseases such as for example the ebola um which are caused by yeah eating wild animals like whatever monkeys or whatever which are just not for us humans to eat just as any animals is not for us to eat um yeah i think first of all until here is in enough of the breakdown of numbers and shocking facts and so on and so forth there were so many more important topics and um really interesting facts that each and everyone needs to know because i think only if we know that first of all of course we know what to do but also like really have a better impression of the impact that we as persons are causing which then makes clear what everyone or why it is so important that every one of us gets active for example they were also talking about slaveries of crew members on those fishing fleets because they are not um, gaining a lot actually they are often being um like hit or if they don't want to do the, the hard work they are thrown also in the ocean no one cares they were talking also about corals about the very important task of corals um, they were shown Scottish farm salmon because supposedly you might think okay if not for example salmon or tuna from like wild tuna or salmon if that is harming the earth I can get it from salmon farms for example in scotland is very um, famous for farm salmon but there's another problem because first of all all those animals are sick it was there were disgusting pictures shown and the food that they need is again fish but processed so yeah then they were showing whale killing in denmark in the Faroe Islands, um, horrible, 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 the whole ocean bloody and red, like a red soup. They were talking about the fishes, the senses of the fishes indicating that they do suffer and they do feel pain and they are intelligent. They notice family members or friends. Yeah, but to the one or another, of those topics i will do different um episodes to not make this too long today for example i already have uh, interview partners talking to them for the corals or for the sharks which is really really interesting um so yeah to close this down as a review um I think that even though some critics say that, for example, the numbers published in this documentary, Seaspiracy, they supposedly are not exact. I feel like the producers, um, Ali and his team, did a great job filming Seaspiracy because they ma they managed to like show and explain very, very complex facts and context in a way that everyone can understand. And... Yeah, you don't need to be a marine biologist or nutrition expert to like clearly see 
how and why we are destroying our oceans and therefore our whole planet. And I liked it that they used a lot of numbers. Um, and no matter if the numbers are exact or not, but they help to compare like sizes and amounts, for example. So it was much easier to get a better impression. Often, for example, in the scenes where they were filmed in Japan or other scenes, this documentary sadly somehow remembered me um, of our night patrols that we did in the Sea Turtle Conservation Project, trying to find turtles to measure them or to collect eggs. Because even there in Costa Rica, um, we saw lights and like lights on the horizon. And of course, like in the first night, I didn't know. So then I was talking to Isra and yeah, turns out that even there is, of course, industrial fishing, fishing just like everywhere on the planet, um, using the nighttime most of all. And, you know, it made or, I mean, still makes me very sad knowing that, for example, we are fighting for the turtles and fighting for them not to be extincted by us. And then at the same time, in the night, for example, meanwhile, you're collecting eggs or freeing baby turtles, you see those industry on the horizon and you know that only one of a thousand turtles probably will um have the chance to be an adult and to lay their own eggs and yeah it's just probably killed either by one fact or another either by plastic or by the fishing nets or being fished as bycatch and it's just um yeah really heartbreaking to end the episode i thought it's good to tell you again now some action steps that you can take today or from today on every day, if you feel like you need to do something. Action step number one, first of all, is watch the documentary because as I said in the beginning, it's not the same me telling you something about it or watching it and seeing the images. So watch this documentary and in general, watch how many else documentaries as you can just to get yourself informed. Um, because if you're informed, you have better options and know better what you can do and how you can have a positive global impact. Number two, sign petitions and subscribe newsletters. Um, pet petitions is a great uh, chance or opportunity because, for example, only by setting your signature under petitions, you are helping and supporting, for example, Sea Shepherds or other organizations to um, give them more power in the fights against governments or against um, illegal fisheries. And so it doesn't always have to be money, but step three would be, of course, donations to ocean charity or whatever else charity that you feel like is great in supporting your interests. Then fourth, attending cleanups, beach cleanups, forest cleanups, uh, street cleanups. You clean, can clean up everywhere. You can clean up in front of your house, your garden, your street, your district, wherever. Everything is better than nothing. Anything is better than nothing. 
Then, of course, five, take always a reusable alternative. For example, take your drinking bottle, don't buy um, plastic bottles with water or whatever. Or also take your um, cup if you go get a coffee. <clears throat> Then, even though I said in the beginning that the worst problem really is fishing, Of course, please also stop using plastic toothbrushes or straws or bag or any other single-use plastic. There are so many and also cheap alternatives to this. For example, I'm using a bamboo um, toothbrush for years. Actually, I just bought a new one also for Israel to take them. So yeah, there's a sustainable um, alternative to almost anything by now. Then, probably the conclusion of this episode and the documentary, do not eat fish. You have already learned now why this is the best way of protecting the planet. And please also spread the word. Spread the word, share this podcast episode, share the podcast in general, share our Instagram or share petitions that you sign, share the documentary, share whatever images you think are great. And actually, um, apart from those action steps that I told you to do, for me also, it made more clear watching this documentary that I'm on a great path. I'm happy where I am and I'm glad that I started. Um and created positive global impact no matter if it's the, the like our instagram channel or the podcast but there is so much more to, to do and seeing all those images again made it more clear to me like i said also in last week's episode which was about vegan nutrition that i have to be more clear because sometimes i feel like At the moment, I'm still moving with an applied handbrake, but I really need to lose it completely and I need to share more crucial and shocking facts and pictures and videos and so on and so forth, which until now I didn't really do because I didn't want to <sighs> yeah, maybe shock people who would then unfollow us or whatever, but I feel like it's the only good thing to do because it's makes clear how bad we need everyone to act and that it's not just um, one fish that we are killing but that, that, that we are extincting the whole ocean, the whole marine animals. I personally love whales. Everyone loves dolphins, no matter if you've seen dolphins or not and so on and so forth. So I think those facts and pictures and videos that I often see on pages that I follow are very cruel and sometimes unbearable to see actually or to read like the descriptions but from now on I'm going to share share them on Instagram um, if they are very cruel I may do a warning but I, I feel like you and everyone needs to see and to know this in order to become active because you're not gonna see this and stay in your comfort zone you're not gonna i don't know bite into that delicious fish the next time someone offers fish to you or you're at a restaurant you're not gonna choose the fish after knowing now all the effects that you're you are having and that you can do 
So yes, guys, we are at the end. <laughs> and even though it was a challenge to contribute somehow the message and letting you know more about what the documentary is about while trying to keep it short, I think I've mentioned uh, most of the crucial facts and I hope this episode helps to make you understand the context and the correlation between the fishing industry and the extinction of species and of your nutrition choice, as I said before. So I hope you understand just how interconnected each species is with each other and that the role they play in maintaining the chemistry of the ocean and our planet's atmosphere is just huge. So another thing that I need to tell you is please remember that only until this Friday, the 30th of April, you have time to write us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcast if you want to get a personal written postcard from Costa Rica because then um, the time is over and I don't know when there will be the next opportunity to get a postcard from us. <laughs> so yeah, of course, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a comment um, and also please let us know how you like this episode, what you've learned. Follow us on Instagram if you do not already do it anyway. Um, you find us at Positive Global Impact. And yeah, just comment on the specific post for this episode. And as always, of course, remember that if you have any wishes or requests um, for topics or interview partners, organizations or whatever, please message us. You can either do that on Instagram itself or write us an email to team.positiveglobalimpact at gmail.com. And 100% I will write back to you. And yes, very, very important. As you've heard before, spread the word. So please, please share this episode with everyone that you know, with your loved ones, your family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, your dog, whoever. Um, and yes, this way you will help us and we will all together support the planet and increase our positive global impact on the world. Stay tuned, guys. Talk to you next week. Pura vida. Stay green and don't eat any more fish. <laughs>